Hi. Hi guys, this is Michelle Padilla, the host of the Awareness Show. And as you can see, I got my Dodgers shirt on. So today is the playoffs. So what is it? Go Dodgers! Yesterday the Lakers did win. So uh, congratulations to um, the champions, Lakers, 17th win for them. So hopefully the Dodgers can win. That would be an awesome win for us, for LA. And so, you know, we have a holiday today. It's Venetia's Day, it's also Columbus Day, however you want to say it. Uh, we want to we want to make sure that you guys know that the elections are coming up. And hopefully you guys got your ballots on time. If you guys haven't gotten to your ballots, please contact your local county officials. Make sure you have your ballots checked and ready. And we want to make sure that you guys get there on time to vote. So... Uh, I heard that there is a wait uh, three and a half hours in some states in Georgia. My friend just posted a, a post, so I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Uh, again, make sure you guys get out there and vote. Um, it's very important that you guys vote, understand what the measurements are about. Um, again, we're, you know, have a little heat wave going on. The Santa Ana winds are acting up. So it's been crazy weather here in California. And, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on. So, um, so I know I'm a little early, but I wanted to give you guys what kind of holidays are happening this month because I haven't done the holidays for a while. So, you know, guys know we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is awesome this month. We had World Mental Health Awareness Day week, which was last week, and I think it's still going. And we also have Disability Employment Awareness Month, which is October as well. We have Halloween coming up. A lot of people are kind of iffy are going on trick-or-treating, so we don't know what they're going to be doing. We'll see how they go. A lot of, um, I talked to some of my neighbors, they got some good ideas, and they want to see how it goes. Um, they have a cabin they're going to shoot, like, you know, can't be across the way six feet. So what are your thoughts about Halloween this year? What are you guys going to be doing for Halloween this year? Are you guys going to go trick-or-treating? What, what's your plans for Halloween? Those are the things that the Weather Show talks about also. The do's and don'ts of what you can and cannot do. Also, get out there and vote. Not too late. Come on. You got 25 days? 26, 24 days now or something like that? Get time, time is coming, so it's uh it is what it is and so um i'm early i for once i'm actually on time I, you know and i i do give up every now and then so <laughs> um a special shout out to the production team oh hi rachel well, Rachel is joining in with us in a few minutes. Uh, she is connecting. So a shout out to Ruben Garcia, Maxie, Melissa, DJ Joyful, Tony Long, and Derek and Christian. Love you guys. Miss you guys. So she's being connected and we got her on right now. Oh. Hello. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me on. So we, uh, I was just telling my listeners about what's been happening in L.A. As you know, the Lakers have won yet last night, so we were just talking about the Lakers. 
and we just had the daytime Emmys this past uh, two weeks ago. And my, my first thoughts were it was very interesting to see how it all played out because it was virtual because of COVID-19. Um, so we're going to talk about that and what's up coming up next for the, uh, next year. So Rachel, how was it for the first time with COVID-19 being virtual? I'm not going to lie. It was, it was pretty scary. It was also pretty exciting. Uh, our offices are here in New York City, so we haven't been to our flagship office since March 12th at this point. Uh, and when we left, uh, the very first Emmys that were unfortunately, uh, the live event had to be canceled because of all of this were the sports Emmys, which were originally supposed to be at the end of April. At the time, we had hoped that it might be possible to still do the daytime Emmys in Pasadena in June as originally planned. But obviously, it became pretty clear pretty quickly that that was not going to happen. So thanks to Adam Sharp, our CEO, and we have an amazing in-house production team. Uh, after kind of going through the logistics of, is this possible? Should we even have awards with so much going on and, and so much pain and so much trauma? Should, should we be doing a celebration right now? But after we kind of collectively decided, yes, people want to have a couple of hours to get out of that headspace and to just focus on something that they enjoy. And especially because the entertainment industry has been so hard hit by what's going on. Um, We, you know, we decided as an organization to go through with them and then it became a question of, well, how can we do it? What technology can we use? How can we keep all of the nominees involved and make it feel like they're still having this special moment, even though we aren't all together in one place. That's the best bit of time and energy. And how long did it take you guys to figure out all that stuff, may I ask? Well, our very first virtual show um, was in the second week of July. We did the daytime Emmys on CBS this year. I'm sure some of your viewers and listeners saw those. Uh, That was, however, a pre-taped show. So while we still had a lot of production work to put that together, um, it was not using the live technology that we would then use for the virtual shows. So essentially, we were closed from the middle of March, and our first virtual show was in the middle of July. And basically, all of our time was spent putting that together and figuring out what it was going to look like. We ended up doing our very first virtual show was the digital dramas, daytime Emmys categories. And we started out with that because there were only seven categories. So we decided we're going to start small, kind of get our feet wet. We had a wonderful host, Jay Rodriguez from Queer Eye, and he was fantastic, but we had him announce the winner for all seven categories. So we didn't have to also worry about the feeds from the various presenters. So we kind of tipped tipped the toes in the water a little bit with that. And then we went full speed ahead with the children's lifestyle and animation categories for the daytime Emmys, which was a much larger undertaking. We had um, over 20 categories for that show. Um, And then we went into the sports Emmys and then into two weeks ago, we did the news Emmys and the documentary Emmys. And all of those shows have been virtual and live. Wow. 
And I know you guys are getting ready for the Latin menus coming up. Is that, is, or is that already passed? So we are doing, um, we are going to be presenting all of the Spanish language categories from all three of our competitions in one show. So we have a couple of Spanish language categories in the daytime Emmys, a couple in the sports Emmys, and a couple in the news and documentary Emmys. And what we decided to do was to pull all of those out and create one show that's going to be in November. The exact date is TBD, but that's also going to be a pre-taped show. Oh, that sounds like interesting. Now, um, really I'm exciting. not sure if um, you're aware of this, but I recently started doing remote access for the, uh, two years ago. Um, I broke away from KDHR and I'm now doing podcasts. And so I format my Zoom, in, Zoom into MP3 uh, format so that my people who have audio vision could listen to on, um, on pot audio. So it's a little bit easy. It's a little tricky. Um, but um, I don't know if you ever listened to the awareness show or what the awareness show is about. It's about different causes and different events, and we talk about different rare, rare diseases. And so uh, we have reached a lot of people through um, different states like England, London, Ireland, um, Japan, Australia. We got a whole bunch of people going on. And what, how we started is that I got diagnosed uh, at the age of 30 with a uh, rare disease called 22Q11. It's a tiny piece of a chromosome that, you know, has all these different issues going on. It has over 200 symptoms going on. So you have the congenital heart defect, teeth issues, learning disabilities. So we kind of wanted to make it more aware of what other syndromes are out there just besides 22Q. It's kind of like the second most common to autism today. So we that's how we got this, the awareness show out there. And so we've been getting people like you onto the show, talking about causes and events. And so, you know, I want to learn more about the Emmys and what other what are the plans for the future from the Emmys? That's a good question. Well, it's fantastic. What you're doing is incredible. And thank you for sharing your story. And I'm really happy to be on here and, and talk about the Emmys and, and any questions that you or any of your listeners or viewers may have. Um, we are certainly one of our overall organizational goals is, of course, um, looking at the overall diversity, equity and inclusion of all different parts of our contests. And with the realization that we cannot 100% control, for instance, the content that enters and the content that's being made, but we do have more control over things like who are judging our contests. And looking at those metrics is something that um, we're going to be uh, releasing in our transparency report at the end of all of our contests. And all of our judges have already been sent a survey that ask for their demographics information because you know you can't you can't make any changes until you know what what the baseline is so we don't know how exactly how far we have to go we know of course there's a, a long way to go but we don't know quite how far unless we actually take a look at at the baseline and and ask our judges the these kinds of questions um, but these are certainly all issues that we have been thinking long and hard about, especially given the events of the world these days. Yes, my other question is, where do you see 2021 at? Are you, is there going to be a virtual uh, 
Emmys again, or do you think it would be uh, letting some people into this, you know, to the theater, like small gatherings? Where do you, where do you see it? Where do you see I mean, that that's that's really the that's really the million dollar question. Um, I I do think that you know this year everything became virtual at the last second, of course, because of everything that was going on, we could not have possibly right. anticipated when we announced the rules for the daytime Emmys, for instance, last Halloween, that this would be what happened. Um, I do think whatever happens with next year, we're going to make that decision sooner rather than later so that we can, you know, appropriately plan for whatever that is. And if we decide that we're committing to virtual shows, I think uh, the rest of our staff would probably agree with me that we wouldn't necessarily do them as quite as close together as we did these. We would stretch them out more throughout the calendar, more like how they are when they're live shows. But that's certainly, we are looking at all options right now internally and budget-wise as well. Uh, obviously, we don't, nobody knows what's going to happen with the state of the virus um, but, you know, we, we are looking at all avenues, you know, are we going to try to do, are we just going to, let's say, commit to virtual shows for the whole, for 2021 at the outset, or are we going to say, we think we might be able to do live shows, but they would have to be at all at the end of the year, because we don't think anything can happen at the beginning of the year. And in either scenario, what do we need to do to accommodate all of the problems that, so many of our constituents in the community are having right now. Do we need to follow the Oscars lead and change our eligibility period, which is traditionally calendar year, January to December, but do we need to make it a 14 or 15 month eligibility period to account for all the content that got delayed? Do we need to, you know, especially when we're looking at the sports Emmys, I mean, sports is just Sports has been the hardest hit of our three competitions. So we need to really, you know, think, think about all of those things, not, not just solely what will the format of the ceremonies be, but what will, what will the calendars for our contests be? I mean, last year we announced the call for entries for daytime on Halloween. Um, I would, you know, I don't know what the, what the timeline is for that yet because we need to continue monitoring what's happening and we're trying to do a lot of outreach directly to uh, the people who enter our contest and say tell us about any problems that you're having or that you're anticipating because our goal is never to turn away people who want to enter the contest so if there's a specific issue that they're having that a one-year rule change can help with our ears are open that sounds fantastic um i also understand that People with disability may have more roles now in TV and movie theaters playing as themselves. Will there be a special category for people with disabilities? We would not create a separate category for people with disabilities. Certainly not at this time. We're not um, looking at necessarily um, adding additional performance categories. However, our rules are very clear that anybody is eligible to enter our contest. And what makes us slightly different than some other competitions is we allow for self-submission. So even if your network or your production company isn't willing to put in the money to submit you, you can submit yourself. 
So another thing that makes our contest great is that our judging system guarantees that every single person who submits work to us, their video is seen by a panel of specifically experts in that field. So if you're a lighting designer, all of your submissions are being viewed by people who are lighting designers or cinematographers or somebody in that realm. So we feel really confident that our, I mean, in our contest, I, I should also mention that um, our contest, although this is of course not related to disabilities, but our contest is the very first of the four major award shows to codify uh, allowing transgender and non-binary performers to enter in whatever category they feel best defines themselves. And we did that because we feel confident that our judging system would also allow for their work to be judged fairly. Uh, and we saw the benefits of that this year. We had uh, two transgender acting nominees uh, and we had a non-binary character and we also had a drag acting nominee as well. Nice. So, you know, it's, it's um there there's a long way to go and i certainly hope that more performers with disabilities will get cast as actors or as characters with disabilities um instead of um you know doing the the hollywood thing and just having yeah. somebody pretend to be in a wheelchair or something you know something of that nature i certainly hope that more performers are casting yeah. roles like that and that those stories are being told and but we certainly would welcome any performers like that to enter our contest and we feel that they would be judged fairly uh would would there be like i know that podcasting is a new uh thing do you see eventually podcasting be part of the daytime Emmys? As a category? Um, we, we do not because um, Daytime Emmys, it is specifically in both the name of our company, which is the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, and in the Emmys brand, that it's specifically for television, which although it has branched out now into streaming, um, there still is an aspect of television that is essentially a visual medium. But there are a lot of, there are, I'm sure, many awards competitions that are specifically for podcasts yeah i, I like I, I like to uh, let my listeners know what's going on and so uh, my question is for people who are getting into the uh, acting business what advice do you have for them how can they get into the business is there any internships available to them well I mean, I can only give you the perspective of myself and, and I'm an awards administrator. That's what I do. That's my, my full-time job around the clock. A lot of people don't realize that running these types of contests is a, a full-time job. You know, I don't just start coming to work when the nominations are announced and then clock out when the winners are announced. Um, so I certainly am not an expert in, in, you know, how to break into the acting business or anything like that. Um, so, I mean, I would certainly say that I understand now that the industry is being one of the, the hardest hit 
and being here in New York City and being born born in New York City and being part of the Broadway community for so long. Before I worked here, I worked for eight years at the American Theater Wing, which does the Tony Awards. So, I mean, obviously there has been a lot of publicity surrounding this historic shutdown of Broadway, which is now, they are now shut down until at least May 31st of next year, which is just catastrophic. Um, You know, I I wish that I had something better to say. I do think that one of the exciting things about being a performer now and one of the benefits uh, in terms of the daytime Emmys is that unlike even 10 or 20 years ago, you can self-make and self-distribute your own content now. We have a lot of stuff that is, you know, created, shot on iPhone cameras and uploaded to YouTube and gets nominated. We had our very first uh, streaming nomination was in 2005. We were the first award show to have streaming content entered and it was nominated right out of the gate in its first year of eligibility. So I guess my, my advice would really be, you know, think about ways that you know, you can control your own destiny as much as you can. I know that is probably not what people are looking to hear and it probably <laughs> is not financially feasible, but you know, there, there are a lot of other ways now to make and distribute content that didn't used to exist. So my other question is, how did you get into the business and why? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I like to tell my, I like to tell people that I am, I mean, I am an award show nut and I have been since I was a very young child. I remember giving Oscar ballots out to my sixth grade class. Um, and in when I was so 1997, so I was uh, 14, um, I was sick and I had surgery and I was hospitalized during for my recovery uh, during the Titanic Oscars. And my dad actually stayed overnight in the hospital with me on Oscar night so that we could watch the entire thing from start to finish. You know, nothing is as important to a 14 year old girl as Titanic. Um, <laughs> but I, I was just, I, I was obsessed in, in a way that I think not many people were. I know a lot of people do parties and predictions and stuff, but I was very into the metrics and, you know, has this happened before? What percentage chance, you know, does this have of happening and comparing trends from year to year? And I happened to be coming of age in the era of the internet. And I found, you know, forums where I could talk to other fans who also were crazy awards nuts, like I was. Um, And I, you know, it, it took me a long time to get on my feet. I was in, I was, in a lot of other different jobs and in other positions before I ended up at the American Theater Wing, which, as I said before, they are the founders of the Tonys. Um, they also do the Obies, which are the Off-Broadway Awards, and just in general are one of the oldest um, nonprofit arts organizations in the country. They're over 100 years old at this point. Um, and then I I landed here last, last January, and I feel like it's really the perfect fit because it is giving me a chance to actually focus specifically on the administration of the daytime Emmys contest. So, you know, a lot of people ask me, what, what does administering a contest mean? I, you know, myself and Brent Stanton, who's the executive director of daytime Emmy administration, our department, we do everything from 
coming up with the rules and rule changes from year to year, category changes from year to year. We vet every single entry that comes into the contest to make sure that they're actually eligible. So last year we had 2,750 entries. All of those wow. got looked at by our administration team before they get passed on for judging. Um, we also have to uh, vet and then assign all of the judges who sign up. So last year we had around 1,200 judges sign up. All of them have to be vetted for credentials and then placed on categories based on their areas of expertise. Um, we have to look at every single entry that comes through is submitted along with a list of eligible names. And we have to make sure that based on their titles that they are considered ME eligible, meaning if the content gets a nomination or wins, that person is a nominee and or a winner. Uh, so it is, it, you know, it's a full-time year-round job, but I love it because I love the, the nitty-gritty of these contests. So I feel like I'm very, very, very lucky to be in my element. And believe me, it, it's not lost on me that I'm extremely fortunate to be in a position right now where we're able to do what we're doing from home and we're, you know, not laid off or having, you know, terrible financial straits as a result of all the economic shutdowns. I think that's kind of great. Uh, so you have any holidays off? I mean, do you get Christmas off? Or I mean, I was off today, but I'm with you tonight. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we have, we have, we have, you know, regular time off the, you know, traditional holidays, we have, you know, benefits full, full vacation. Um, I don't want to sound like spoiled or anything, but I mean, we have the, the standard, the standard workplace holidays and, you know, paid, paid time off personal days and all that stuff. Um, I myself, am actually just coming back from, I was off last week and then our office is closed today for indigenous people's day. So yes. um, I myself am perhaps a, a little bit extra refreshed today. There you go. My, I always ask my guests, this is my, what do you do for your downtime? Like, how do you relax? What do you do for fun? Traditionally, not in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic, uh, my very favorite thing is to go see Broadway shows. Um, I, I've been seeing them since I was eight years old. I absolutely love them. To me, there's nothing like the excitement of a uh, curtain coming up. Uh, obviously, hobbies now have taken a different form. Um, like everybody else, you know, I've been watching a whole lot of TV. I was, I have done probably more reading for leisure now than I have since school, <laughs> since academia. Um, I've gotten a lot of reading done. Um, you know, cleaning out my closets <laughs> seems to be uh, the name of the game these days. I used to love to go and actually see movies in theaters, but um, I'm not safe. I don't feel safe doing that until there is a vaccine. So even if they open in my city, I will not be exactly. going. It got hit harder than we did. So you guys yeah, know. yeah, we got, yeah, we got, we got really, really, we got really slammed. I mean, we're just barely opening up the malls, the theaters and, you know, whatever else, because they kept on getting into purple that, you know, Okay, the governor says, okay, we will open it. Now we're going to close it. No, and then we had the riots going on, and now it's like, okay, 
So where do we fall from now, you know? So what is it safe to go out and be with the family again? And so it, it's hard, and I'm glad that the end is happening because it actually gets, it breaks away from the politics. It breaks away from the riots. It breaks away from all the stuff that's happening around the world. And, you know, that way we can laugh again. Um, and I think it was what Jennifer Aniston and um, Rachel and Monica and Phoebe, when they did the little Zoom thing, that was kind of cool. And people laughed again. They need to be more, you know, having more fun and laugh. And I think right now, I think that's basically what we need to do in times like this. So, yeah. I mean, I, I do want to clarify that my organization, the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, um, we don't do the primetime Emmys. That is our sister organization <laughs> in LA, the Television Academy. But I mean, we're, you know, we, we are sister right. organizations and we, you know, we do we do discuss things and they did an amazing show and I'm a huge friends fan. And that was also my favorite moment from the primetime Emmys. And I feel like just that little bit of nostalgia made people feel so good. And everyone just, yeah. people love that. Sh people love friends forever. So I feel like that moment of nostalgia did, you know, it did warm the heart at a point in time when we needed it, but your overall point stands. And it's the reason why we decided to go forward with our shows, which is that we felt like people need that moment of escapism. And especially that so many in specifically in entertainment have been so hard hit people. A lot of times just think of entertainment as these really rich actors, the Jennifer Aniston's of the world, but right. it employs so many people from executives to stage crew to people serving drinks at the theaters to costume designers to production assistants and all of these people have been out of work for so long and especially here in New York now that they've announced that Broadway is shut down until you know at least next June it isn't like these the people that are staffing these shows can just turn around and, and get another job because for the most part, the jobs that actors and entertainment professionals get to pay the bills are also things that are shut down. Food service, nannying, bartending. Yeah. It's all of those are not, are not around either. So it's, it, it, it is it, our hope that, doing the shows could at least give people um, a momentary or an hour or two of escape. Yeah, it, it's a scary time that people are being scared. They're, they're, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't, they don't know whether to go outside or stay inside, go outside, stay inside. What, you know, they, and they want to see their family and friends and, you know, they want to go to the theater or Broadway musical, but they can't. And so like, okay, so what's the next thing to do? They put it on TV, but at the same time, if you put it on TV, you have to pay for it for some of the, the you know, some of the Broadway musicals or, you know, and so I like you. I like to go watch it live and I like to go see the, the you know, the cherry, the laughter and all that stuff. You don't, you get, you don't get to do that with the TV. You just, that's it, you know? <laughs> so, um, my, my advice is that if you want to go try, well, I'm trying to think my words are like, 
I know that COVID-19 is a little scary times. And I also want to recommend you guys getting the flu shot this year, if you can, or if you haven't already got the flu shot. Yeah, I'm getting mine October 26th. Uh, I was just telling my listeners that if you are going to vote and if you're going to drop off in some states, they're like a three-hour wait time to drop off the the ballot. So make sure you guys are getting out there to vote. And some of them are not even getting the ballots to their address. You know, they're getting it to someplace else. Make sure you guys get them on time. Call your county. Make sure, you, you know, what's up and up. Uh, Rachel, what other things are going to be happening in the future you see about? Well, specifically at my office, we're working not only on the Spanish language show that we already spoke about, um, but uh, in just a week and a half from now on October 21st at 4 p.m., we have the Technology Emmys, which are also going to be uh, pre-taped. Of course, the winners for that have already been announced because it's uh, not nominees like our other Emmy contests are. Um, but that will be at 4 p.m. Eastern, and that is on our website, which is watch.theemmys.tv, or on our new free Emmys app, which is just the Emmys. You can find that on iOS, Roku, Android devices, smart TVs, etc. And the great thing about the app is that the content lives there in perpetuity. So if you miss it live, if you're focused on something else, if you're working, if you're an essential worker, thank you, essential workers, and you're not home at that time, you can always, you know, sign on when you're available and and catch it. You can catch all of our previous live shows via the app as well. Um, so that's what we, that show and the Spanish language category show are the next two shows that we are working on. Um, and then we are looking towards the future, towards 2021 and trying to figure out what makes the most sense Um, If any of your listeners or watchers are thinking about entering any of our contests and you don't know if you're eligible or you think that you might be, but you're having a production issue based on the shutdown, please do not hesitate to reach out. Each of our contests has a separate administrative team that can answer any of your questions about the rules. And we really do want feedback to, to figure out what are the best ways that we can make these rule changes to accommodate everybody. And if you, uh, Rachel, I, I always tell my guests, if you guys ever need help promoting the Emmys, I will always be able to help you to promote it as much as I can. Um, I always share a lot of stuff on Facebook you know, I get a lot of people asking me to share stuff. So don't hesitate. Say, Michelle, can you share this to me or share that? I'll be happy to share it for you. So, um, well, thank you you so much for that. And if, you know, if anyone in the community is looking for information on how to sign up to judge or any of that, we have an amazing administration team for all three of our contests. We are here to help. Um, that it, this is what this is what we do for a living. So do not hesitate to reach out. There is no such thing as a stupid question. And Rachel, before we go, where can they contact you to get more information about daytime Emmys? You can go to our website, which is theemmys.tv, and you can find out all of the information about all three of our contests there. Um, if you want to know specifically about the daytime Emmys, our 
general email box is just daytime at the Emmys.tv. So just make sure you're going to do plural, the Emmys.tv. And either myself or Brent, whoever gets to that email box first, uh, will be sure to, to send you an answer. Uh, during these times when we are not in our physical office, email is 100% the best way to do an initial reach out. We can always schedule a Zoom or something like that, but email is going to be your first method. Thank you. Uh, this has been the awards hour, and I want to give a special shout out to Harlan. He connected me with you. Uh, hey, last Catherine. week, we had, yes, we had Larry uh, Starts. Uh, I kept sorry, I'm bad with last names. Sorry about that. But we had Larry on last week, and so I have a couple more people that are going to be having onto the show. We're going to be talking about upcoming politics what they are ready for and whatnot. Uh, I try not to do that much politics on the show because, you know, like like you, I like to have fun on the show, talk about different causes and events, but I think this time with the elections, I think they need to know who is ready and why are they ready. So that's basically the gist of it. And then we also have breast, uh, breast cancer awareness month going on. We had World Health Mental Health Day last this weekend. So we have Halloween coming up. Oh, let me ask you a question. What are your thoughts about Halloween this year? Uh, I mean, I don't really leave my house, to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm also, to be fair, I'm in I'm in Queens, New York, in an apartment building, so um, I am not, I'm not used to getting trick or treaters or anything like that. I feel like the city life is a very different existence than a lot of other places in the country. I was explaining this to a lot of people during the beginning of the pandemic, like my boyfriend lives two and a half miles from here and we didn't see each other for three months because we live in the city and we rely on mass transit and the trains were not safe. So we didn't yeah. have a way to get back and we didn't have a way to get back and forth. I mean, I was quarantined for 14 days and he was quarantined for 14 days, but we couldn't figure out how to remove the vector of, of mass transit. Uh, my hope is that people you know, play it really safe this Halloween. Do not have parties. Um, get some candy and eat it at home and watch some Halloween movies on TV um, and decorate your houses to your heart's content. But I do not think that trick-or-treating and having all that candy and stuff is a, is a good idea. I know it's very difficult. Like we've, we've been in lockdown seemingly forever and emotionally it is very hard to deal with the idea that we are probably all individually losing a year of our lives. Um, and all the things right. that we planned on doing, we're not going to be able to do. I know, especially if you have little kids who are really into Halloween, it's very difficult to explain. Maybe you can get, still get costumes and dress up at home. I don't know. I'm, I'm extremely safe. I've been, I think I, I don't really leave the house except for, you know, essentials and outdoor stuff. Uh, so yeah. that would, that would be my advice, but I'm sad about it. I do love seeing everybody in the neighborhood in all of their costumes and stuff. Well, there will be like a virtual Halloween party on Zoom. And I think that there will be some trick-or-treaters going trick-or-treating. They have like canyons. They're going to shoot can like candy canes six feet, you know, um, they're getting a little crafty about that, so we'll just see see how it goes. I, I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a lot of people trick-and-treating this year, you know, so. 
I mean, unfortunately, the, the rest of this year is all holidays. I mean, Thanksgiving and Christmas with with it, I don't feel like it's safe to travel at all, nor do I think that people should be traveling right now unless it's essential. So I think the whole holiday season is going to look very different. And then thinking oh. about what, what that's going to mean for the economy as well um, with, you know, no no real shopping season, but most importantly, what that's going to do to everyone's mental health, not being able to be together at a holiday time. Um, and this is already such a depressing and anxiety inducing event. Um, yeah. my, my hope is that I can be on this show at this time again next year with you and we will be in a much different situation. I would like that. Yes. And it will hopefully that'd be awesome. And like I said, right now, we're just stuck in limbo, and we're, we don't know what's going to happen next. So, you know, they say the asteroid's coming at yeah, by November the 3rd, so <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we have to keep our friends and neighbors safe. Those of us that feel like we are young and invincible and at low risk, um, we need to wear our masks and take care of our take care of our friends and our neighbors and our fellow humans by being decent and wearing our masks and social distancing, not doing, not going to large events, not doing events in indoors. We know this, I mean, this is how they've been fighting infectious disease since the beginning of civilization. It's draconian. It's horrible. I'm not saying that I like doing it. I hate doing it, but we need to, we need to be kind to each other and think about those who won't be able to fight this maybe as well as we can. Um, those who maybe don't have the financial resources to fight this in the way that we can and just res have respect for our fellow humans. Yep. And so we're going to leave on that note. Thank you, Rachel. I hope to ha see you in the near future talking about what's going to be happening in 2021. God, do you need to leave? It's only a few months away. I know it's, it's a, this whole time warp, like March and April felt like a year each. And then since April, I blinked and it's almost Halloween, but thank you yeah. so much for, thank you so, so much for having me on. This was a pleasure. And I hope that you and all of your listeners and your viewers stay safe and stay healthy. That is the most important thing at this point in time. Yes. And I will send you the podcast after I'm done. Uh, and I will send you a link and I will post it up on Facebook. So thank you. And I want to work with you again, hopefully get more information on what, what's coming up in the near future. So that's what I would like to do with you, Rachel. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. Thank Bye. you. Have a good day.